Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Good morning, all. And he just fell out of the sky and into our podcast. It's Josh Baker. (laughs) I got some bad news, team, you know, squad. What's up? We're here. Yeah. What's the news, Peter? Are we our team or are we a squad? I would call it a squad. There's not enough of us for a team. We're getting a bit long in the tooth. We're getting a little fat, you know. I think, you know, I was I looked at our Garns of the Moon episodes. Each one was some of them like 30 minutes or something, you know. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we were blasting through. And I was thinking about talk like Ted House Gates. We were way longer. We had a ton of like hour episodes. We, I think, oof, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to, I feel like if we're only going up, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got to say, there's a lot to discuss in these three chapters, four chapters. Yeah. <clears throat> Today we read the prologue in the first three chapters and oof, oof. What, what we're saying is everyone needs to set their podcast at readers to 1.25 speed, maybe 1.5 exactly. speed. 1.5 even. Don't, don't you dare. My pauses and inarticulation <laughs> need to be relished in. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, enough of this then. Let's let's uh, let's get into it. Let's. Prologue. Near two hundred thousand years ago, two amass speak of extinction. Pran Chol, a bone caster, speaks with their leader, Kanag Tol. The two Amas are in pursuit of a jagged mother and her children. A rogue bone caster wearing a panther skin finds the jagged mother and carries the children away from the hut. Pranchol and the Kanagtol pursue their rogue kin, but only after killing the jagged mother. The rogue bone caster is Kalava, betrayer of the Tarod clan and sister to Onos Tulan. Kalava sent the children into an open warren. However, it was not Amtos Felak as she had first suspected. The two amass join her, all three having traveled through the Talan warren to the desolate city of Moor. The city once belonged to the Kachain Chamal, and now something within wakes. Pranchol warns the bonecaster that she did not spare the children, but only subjected them to further suffering. Pranchol will answer what's in the city, but only after the ritual of Talan. And to that invitation, Kalava declines. Three years after the fall of the crippled god, the High King Kalor has built a massive empire on Jakuruku. A circle of mages attempt to thwart Kalor, but by accident drag an alien god into this world. Falling to the ground, the god shatters the continent. The elder gods crawl under Conus, along with the sister of cold knights, assemble to confront Kalor, who awaits them on a burnt throne. They curse the High King to live eternal, but never ascend to godhood. Kalor curses them in return. Kroll to be forgotten, Tiam to be betrayed by their creation and the sister of cold nights to be torn apart and never known respite. 
Although Kroll knows it will weaken him, the Elder God sweeps the remnants of Kalor's empire into a warren to hold this High King's painful legacy. And a one-eyed wolf watches from afar, only to continue to search for its mate. So the prologue of Deadhouse Gates brings us, boom, straight into this character thing, you know, straight new place. And like, it's so immersing us in this character's point of view. And I feel like this prologue's so different. First, we're jumping way back in time, but like we're seeing this unfolding thing. We're seeing points of view into all of this kind of huge backstory from a new firsthand perspective. A lot's going on. How did it strike you, India? Um, this was, I've got to say, before we even start, that book three is coming is just popping off chapters prologue through three i am loving everything so i think that the prologue of this one was really 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 interesting because i feel like we've kind of been curious about how messed up this whole eye mass jag cut massacre thing went and and i feel like the prologue we we really get a taste of it with a mother and her two babies that are starving um only for the mom the mother to give her children away to think that they're going to go somewhere better, which really was intended. I mean, I think that was Kalava's true intention. She was freaking horrified when she realized what she did. Um, the effort was there. Yeah, she, she really, she was trying. But I just think it's so freaking sad how like, how the, the mom was so just devastated, like completely gave up, was like, just kill us, please just kill us. I, I feel like you guys are going to kill us quickly. It'll be fine. Um, but like, just do what you have to do. I, so I thought that was a really interesting um, take on the whole, what do you call it? Uh, takeover? And- the Jagat Wars? Yes. Oh, yes. Because there were multiple. Yeah. This was the, the, the 33rd, I believe. The, the 33rd. Yeah. <laughs> but so I really, I really liked that. I thought that was like a super interesting and Somehow, considering none of these people are really human, um, a very human start to the book. Yeah. Um, the mother has a great line, too. She says, I had always believed that such concepts as compassion and mercy were alien to your natures. Mm. Which is so odd, because I felt like the the IMAS were like kind of super chill, except then, you know, they got super not chill. Well, definitely, I don't know if they're super chill. That's, like, not the vibe I'm picking up. But well, I thought they were just, like, average, you know, like, 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 humans, which yeah, I mean, until it comes to and still until it comes to jaggets, and then they're like, we want one thing and one thing only, and it's your blood. But my question about that is, um, so the jaggets, like, most of them were calm, quiet, solitude people, whatever, and then, and then some you of had them your were the tyrants. And your ba- yeah, your bad boys. Yeah. Correct. Huh. Sounds a lot like genocide is that the word you're looking for yeah is that what yeah <laughs> complete yeah, total genocide like, no because i feel like genocide like happens really like you know like there's is there any reason for genocide no um you but, hate those people you're going to murder all of them are you saying like that oh, like you're maybe saying, a mouse okay. have a point you're like you're like maybe no. these jagged had it coming no no i'm not saying that i just feel like why don't they just kill the, the tyrants and just like let everyone else chill it's like those you know there's like those sci-fi movies and shows where it's like we, we've got this new technology we're gonna kill the criminals before they commit the crime mm, and the talat the talat yeah and the talana mass were like well here's the idea they're all gonna be criminals maybe so it's easier just kill them all i think it's kind of like a racism hatred oh thing. it's super also awesome racist yeah. yeah yeah i hate Josh, that. How, 
how did all this strike you? You know, seeing the mass before the ritual of Talon. Well, you know? I, it was it actually it took me a little bit to understand that they were still um, mortal at this point. Um, <clears throat> it was interesting. I um, we were not yet in the bone zone. We were no yeah, 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 yeah the bone zone did not yet exist. Um, <laughs> something that really caught me off guard, I guess, is like how so could they just say no like it really seemed like they didn't have it like it sounded like somehow also all of them had heard the call to come join the bone zone and they they didn't have the ability to say no like does does every tribe of talani mass just go yep time to do this we have no choice they called us yeah that seems bizarre it's a gathering i feel like they can say no because Kalava said no. Is she gonna say no? Yeah, I was. I thought that kind of sounded like what she was gonna do. Peter can't answer that question. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we'll see. If she shows up, we know the answer is no. She went through with it. Okay. Can I? Can I pivot, Peter? Sure. To take it away. I, I really want to talk about the the crippled god stuff. I hate the, the second half of that. Sure. Oh man, I this was one of the coolest things I've seen. So like at book one, Kroll is there, and I had basically no idea why I should give a shit about him other than he's this weird old god and I really thought he would be evil if I'm being honest yes he's a, he has a temple no one's into yes. he hangs out with the crop well and, and speaking of the temple I was beyond confused like why does this dude if he's so important have a temple like how does no one go to the temple at all they don't even then they call they talk about it by name but they never make that next step of like I wonder if people go you know and now it's really interesting to know that like because he was cursed to be forgotten. And that's sick. Which brings me to question number one of the day, Peter. Okay. If I just say, Peter Bond, I curse you to itchy feet for the rest of your life. Mm. That doesn't do anything. So how does this human man, Kalor, who is in fact not ascended, um, how does he just curse the three people? And it, it happens. I get how three gods can curse a man. That makes sense. I mean, not mm. really. It doesn't make any sense, but I can say those those words in a sentence and understand why it happened. In this world, it makes sense. Yes. Um, I think Kalor has a lot of power. Um, see, like I do. I good. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You know. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't. I don't know if I have an answer. So someone someone tweeted us. You know, that's that's about what I got. You know, I like. Yeah, yeah, that's I, all I got. I got, I got no. Mm, okay. Especially if I'm like, like powerful, I'd be like, ha ha ha, fuck you. No. Yeah. You go. You go to the castle. But, but Josh, have you thought about getting into cursing people? It could be a very powerful mood. I would you know? love it. I would love to curse uh, lots of people in my daily life. <laughs> would be Just like great. hello. I, I curse you to live eternally. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't know. I think I would go much more low key than that. You know, at that point, I curse maybe. you to stub your toe once a day, every day, but you never know when it's going to happen. Jesus I feel like your toes Christ. would actually kind of like build up a, a strength. Who said know. which toe, buddy? I'm going to oh, do, I'm going to oh, do, I'm going to alternate toes every day. You're never going to get a chance to build up resistance. Josh, you are diabolical. And you ready for this? <laughs> if you're staying up till midnight, you know, 1159 PM, your left pinky, 1201 AM, right pinky. Ugh, you're out of commission for a week. You're killing me. So India, about these books we're reading. I want to um, go. I want to go back a little though about the rip. Oh yeah, sure. The, the oh yeah, the, the crazy shit. Yeah. No, that's not. So 
that happens after she sends them does she send them through the rip that she thinks is omnosphalac yeah omtosphalac yeah because it's near the jagged's tower so she kind of just does like word association Mm -hmm. but it's like she read the room bad you know she's an idiot um okay and then she sends those children to eternal suffering but releases the last soul that was in eternal suffering yeah it's like there was like the rift was like tied to something within the city so it's like she sent them in it kind of like um free free the thing okay now does this have anything to do so did is that where the crippled god fell from that rift? <laughs> no the crippled god falls from the continent of jackaruk i don't i'm not 100 percent on that yes. name okay, but okay. um yeah he like falls over keller's empire so yeah. what is that rip well, uh, we don't know yet. Like, we're going to find out, I guess. Well, I mean, it looks like someone ripped a hole into a war and shoved a big bad boy in there. Um, and the big bad boy has to hold it open forever, and that's how they keep it in there. Do you remember, India, do you remember in book two when they're on the, the book, they're on the boat? What's that book called? The Ciliac? The, the Shalanda? The Shalanda. Shalanda. On the, when they're on the Salanda, that tear opens up in the Warren, and that one Talani mass, like, gives up his body forever to, for eternal pain. Yeah, I forget. And it holds I forget that dude's yeah, name. Yeah, but it holds open the portals for that. Like it, it stops the rift from opening further. I feel like this is one of those things where this is a rift that, like, some you know, they it may have been purposely made to hold someone in there. I don't know yet. And and we do return to the same city and talk about it because like talk passes that that same barrow. Yes. You know. Yes. It's very strange. Well, well, here, well, Inge, but wait, let's touch back on that maybe when we return to Morn in chapter one. But Absolutely. how did some of this crippled god, this this whole Kalor curse thing, how'd that strike you? Um, the crippled god, so, he seems like a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, okay. truth. Uh, so far, but I feel like he's probably, he's like all of the suffering ever, and he just like puts it on people, so is how I'm, is how I'm vibing with him. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm not sure if that's a thing, but that's just what he seems like. He just seems like like endless pain. Like didn't like ooh, I hate him. It's not um, a strong. Fr- it's not a strong first impression. Yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible first impression. I just feel like he's gonna be like a large part of a lot of pain for a lot of people, which makes sense as he's called the crippled god. Mm-hmm. Um, so on first thoughts, uh, I think that he's really gonna turn the fu- the frick up at some point, um, perhaps throughout this book, and. I think that, uh, just really quickly, the dog, question mark? Yeah, what about them? What? Ab- yeah, exactly. What about them? Why? What are they? What do you what mean? Are- just random dog? Just a random dog that fell and was bleeding and then was like, all right, well, let me go find my mate now. Like, what? It's definitely not a, it's definitely not a random dog. I think we're going to circle back, but, you know. I know we're going to circle back, but it's just oh, like a very yeah. odd placement of the dog at that time. Like, Yeah, agreed. Well, it's a wolf, but- right? But like, yeah, it is so. wolf. Do you think? But like, we're watching the events. The wolf's watching the events. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. I understand, <laughs> Peter. I understand. I just. I I'm mean, just... I guess we'll get back to the wolf. And the wolf comes <laughs> into, goes in and out of that chaos thing where the children are. Right. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. And then we see wolf. The wolf. A, a second. Uh, I don't. I don't know. If, maybe it's a vision. I forget. To be honest. He's just looking for his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. who could or could not be dead um well we 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 return to morn in chapter one so i think we we kick on over and and uh oh josh like 
how did how did strike you to be back and new book oh you know new vibe I, it doesn't it cover kind of, it doesn't like it's not as prevalent of a feeling in prologue but the uh, very first thought i had upon starting chapter one was god get it back this is a cooler continent than seven cities <laughs> what oh, okay and by how do you oh, why do you feel that i way? mean the word literally okay, okay it is like there is this ever-present hotness staleness like dryness in all of dead house gates because of them being on seven cities and like i really feel like it impacts everything in the book and it, 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 i don't know sure. it, it makes a lot of dire situations even more dire and it makes a lot of situations that should be relatively you know chill i just you know i'm i then always put them in a desert in my mind and i i'm glad you get it back where like the environment is not an active participant in making everyone's lives harder. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a little, it's yeah. a little more low key. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. Interesting. Well, let's 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 talk about more in chapter one once because we've we've yet to really even meet. Yeah. Get back. Yeah. yeah you you get it. Chapter one. On the road to Darujistan, a bridge is out. The caravan guard Gruntle idles. Their carriage has been held up for a few days. Gruntle is approached by Emancipur Reese, who shows him to his master, a man named Botulin. Botulin introduces his other companion, Corbel Brooch. These two mean to explore the barrow of the jagged tyrant. Gruntle wants no part of this, and leaves them be. In Morn, during the present day, Tok the Younger wakes up in this wasteland. Tok travels, scratching at his missing eye, and sees a barrow. Whatever is here has awoken. He then spots a stone tower and travels to it. Onos Tulan sits outside, waiting for the tower's resident to return. The Talani Mass offers where Tok could find food, water, and a place to change his bowstring, which is withered with the passage of time. Lady Envy returns to her tower, flanked by a dog and a wolf, along with a masked servant from a people called the Segula. Some Segula wish to challenge Tool, but Lady Envy forbids it. She is a daughter of Draconis, the god who forged Dragnipur. She believes the wounded sky above Morn, the rent, was once tied to a Kachain Chamali matron who is bound to this land. However, she and her brood have left. Tak attempts to bargain for supplies. However, after a discussion with the group, he will travel north alongside Envy and Tool as the Amass follows a path to converge on the Peninian Daman. So Josh, we were just talking about what it's like to be back on Ganabacus and you know, chapter one, first thing we do, meet a new character. Yeah. Caravan guard Gruntle, he's here outside this bridge near the Jagged Tomb. He meets some other new characters, new, new, new. Mm -hmm. But how's it hit you? So pretty excited. Pretty excited. I like Gruntle a lot. He has definitely a lot of hidden stuff about him. I mean, like all we know is that he is a renowned caravan guard right that can mean anything he's a guard i love <laughs> i love his boss i can't remember his name right there oh ba ba the merchant's name is Kar Karuli. Kar oh, Karuli's the name of the merchant Karuli. 
Yeah, I love them. I love him because he is like, he just pops his head out and he's like, do the thing that you're thinking about asking me to do. And it's like, all right, you're a magician or some shit. Got it. Cool. Thanks. Um, and then he just like gets back in his caravan. I just love that image. And then he talks to those two people. Is it, does, doesn't the one talk really weird? Like the one he meets first? I feel like he's got, or he's like very... Botulin? Yeah. Yeah, he's like the talker. Yeah, he's like very ridiculous kind of. Oh man, the line, black is Botulin's eternal shade, sir, when asking about why he's an all black. Incredible. And then he's got the friend who's just like, should I kill this one? And it's uh, just a bunch of yeah. goons. And I'm very- Corporal Broach is intense. He needs to read the room. Corporal Broach is a great- However, Corporal Broach definitely sounds like someone we've met. I feel like there's a lot of names that start with K-O-R and then just go off from there. And I, I keep, I'm going to lose track of them in this book, I have a feeling. There are a lot of K names, but yeah. I believe in you, Josh. You can do it. Thank you. Um, but they're, I don't know, it's just a fun crew. The one dude's fishing and he can't fish to save his life. Uh, that's just classic. That's classic bridge burners, just like- monotonous dumb shit we don't need to know that really sets the mood i'm into it they're hooting around hooting around inge how, how, how you feeling um um i thought that this scene was a little lighter a little bit more funny i guess um after the prologue which is nice but <laughs> it's a little heavy a lot going on in that prologue yeah, yeah exactly um so i thought it was like funny to see like their little banter back and forth i have no idea who they're going to be and what they're going to do. So I'm excited to find out what's going on there. Um, and those are pretty much my only real thoughts about this section because it was kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like new. Pe exactly. It's an introduction, it's, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, the yeah. intros mm -hmm. always are just like, you can ask me what I think about it. And like, I really, truly have no idea. And I think that's the purpose. Yeah. But then let me ask you this, because um, we're, we're picking back up with a character we do know He's alive. Last time we saw him, Hairlock threw him into a warren. I know. Talk the Younger is in the middle of nowhere. He met up with Tool. He's got a whole new, he's got a whole new crew. How are you feeling about this kind of crazy situation? Can I? Talk has found themselves. Can in. I slip in so quickly? Please slip. Please. Okay. Slip right in. I have held out hope. I don't even know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I did catch in book one that after Talk the Younger's disappearance, or maybe before, one of the chapter snippet, one of the snippets at the beginning of a chapter is about the bridge burners, and it is written by Talk the Younger. And when I read it, I remember thinking, like, timeline wise, I don't think this could be in this book where he, since he, you know, vanished. And if you assume he died, I was, I thought the whole time, I was like, there's no way this could be in here. Like, he wouldn't have published mm. this thought. So I have held out hope based on that one thing since book one when he disappeared. I've been like, but he had that snippet at the beginning. He better come back from the Warren. Was, and now he's here. I was so happy. Oh. Um, I think it's That's awesome. a deep, that's a deep catch. Yeah. Shout out to you. Thank you. Yeah, I think, just going back to the first book, that's how that little puppet used to travel through chaos, right? Yes. Yeah, because that's the how space funny. between the Warrens. Yeah. And then he went all like insane, and and he threw talk in there, and I was just like, oh, well, our boy's gone. But yes, he was not. Um, I think he wakes up and he's like, what the fuck? And then is like, I'm super pissed. Because <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um. Which I thought was funny, like when he finds Tool and he's just like, well, of course, you're not going to help me get this and help me get that. And Tool's like, well, uh, actually, it's 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 right over there. So you, we could just go and get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's just like having none of it, which I like. It was really, it's, it's good to get back to him. He's a funny guy. I feel like we're going to have um a lot more insight into 
him being this new character now, having gone through this bullshit. Um, but, but, but. Okay. So, he has one eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does the dog. <gasps> I didn't think about that, India. And doesn't the dog see the human? Doesn't the dog yeah, see the human? His, I didn't think it. faces are mirrored. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Ooh. Okay. And did Tuck have a girlfriend? No. Did he? I feel no, like... not that I recall. No? no. Damn. He didn't have, like, a mate? I'm just no. trying to find oh, you're parallels about the, between this. Oh, he, oh, he kept talking about this girl he knew on AIM, and but you can't meet her. She lives in another state. Oh, it's pretty it got it. a sketch. Because like I'm trying to find the similarities now. Like this dog's looking for his girl. Talks. Mm. I don't know, but I guess I guess nothing's there. Um, and then another question, dog related. It's all about the dogs in this um, chapter. So Lady Envy comes in with a dog, and that and there was a missing, two dogs, two a dogs, do- a dog and a wolf. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. So. In the prologue, they mention that, like, a dog goes... Is she, like, super old? Yes. Yeah. No, and it is the same type of wolf. Yes. I think that's the wolf yes. you're talking about. Yes, Yeah. And that- one went missing, and they thought it was dead. Is, does she have that wolf dog? A, I? Yeah, yeah. She has a type of it. I, I think they're called alls. It's like A-Y-L or something. Yeah, something I'm, like I'm that. I'm not 100%. Okay. I will well. say, I'm shocked. Great catch, Inge. Uh... I, I was shocked just by how chill talk is because basically I would be so fucking confused and everyone who he meets does not help the confusion situation at I feel all. Like at Do first you know he's what I mean? Like, am I dead? No, I'm not. Am I a Warren? No. Uh, am I? Okay, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, like, I just want to say it is first off, like he there is no reason he should know how long it has been. This dude is such hot shit that he's like hmm bowstring's not been broken but it's worn this 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 all these thoughts seems to have been about x amount of time since i was knocked unconscious but then does not question how he could have been knocked unconscious for weeks upon weeks it's just survival mode baby yeah yeah josh how'd you feel about meeting lady envy this whole new zone tools back i do you know well Love tool, love talk. Happy to have them together. I do want to quick talk about these fucking, what are they called? Segulas. The segula. Yeah, yeah they are <laughs> scary as shit. Like yeah. And this, I'm so in. They don't know. They don't know how to treat a guest. No, I'll say that. But like, first off, you know that there's some real significance to the fact that the one only has eye slits and no scars. That's gotta mean. If, here's my guess. My guess is that every scar on your mask is a time you've lost, like, to another Segula in a battle to, de- like, determine dominance. And so, like, if you've not no scars, that means you are the hottest of shit. So that's I, I, that's my guess for it. But the fact that that dude you're, is, you're like... Intrigued. What? You're intrigued. Yes. But the fact that if that's true and he looks at Tool and he's like, I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I don't. I don't want none of that. Um, well, no. he kind of wants a little bit of that, but I know Tool would best him. But the real thing is what Lady Envy's like, you don't want none of that. And he's like, yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. Like <laughs> Lady Envy's got to have some power. Mm. Also, question. We skipped over sure. the the creator of Dragnipper, Drac- Draconis. Draconis, yeah. Yes. He's got to be that dude that fucking Ganoes meets when he travels into the Warren inside of Dragnipper, right? I he thought meets, he was dead. He meets, yeah, he get, he get, he said he would get killed by his own creation. And so we know that if he gets, if you get killed by that sword, you go to the Warren and Ganoes death meets some big unnamed guy that is like, it's hinted that he's very, very important. It's got to be him, right? He has to have been trapped in this sword for like thousands of years by Anamander Rake. 
Holy shit, Josh. What kind of memory do you have? I don't know. I just, like, when I read about him, I was like, it's gotta be that dude. Peter, confirm, deny. I'm gonna click on your portrait so I can see what Peter, you... move your hand from your mouth and let us see it. Oh, he's smiling. Oh, I see his cheeks upturned. Your Look, boy got it. He's left and right. He can't make eye contact uh -uh. with us. So... Moving right along. It's what, tough what? because, like, I would almost want to keep us moving, but, like, I just, we are just... There's so much stuff here, especially within Morn. Like, the setting has so much going on, you know? Uh, wh whether it be about the rent or we... we to, spe to specify, because we did kind of touch on it earlier, Inge, about the Kachain Chamali matron um, that it was tied to. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's like the setting, this whole zone has such a rich history and lore and like two in, in like 30 pages, you're immersed into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Also, Lady Envy has a great quote. Uh, she refers to uh, Lassine as saying that repressed woman's empire, which is oh, like... yeah. <laughs> that's that's some shade, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, should we keep moving then? Yeah, let's do it. All right, good vibes, good vibes. Chapter two. Picker and Blend are guarding a mountain pass. The two bridge burners stop an old man sneaking through. Picker inspects the goods and takes torques dedicated to the first hero Treach. The corporal slips a rock into the man's back. Afterwards, the man brings the rest of his figurines and tokens into a warren to meet the crippled god. He takes these goods to begin a new game and curses the man with tumors and suffering. Picker and Blend catch up with Quick Ben. The wizard scolds Picker for having a blessed object of the Tiger of Summer. Quickben himself is working with Whiskey Jack's command, and the wizard doesn't buy into the army's outlawing. He then takes about tracking this pebble. He leaves his body behind and travels into the Warrens. He finds the crippled god, who is chained to the flesh of the goddess Burn. Quickben unleashes his sorcery, but is met equally by the god, and Quickben is saved by a hand of stone. The wizard is dragged into the earth, where he is told that the crippled god's chaining poisons burn. The goddess may only survive a few more years. Quickben leaves a pebble and then returns to his body. Picker thinks that the wizard is unusually scared and the two travel by quarrel. East of Pale, Ganos Peran thinks of drowning. The captain struggles with thoughts of the Hounds of Shadow and his anxieties. He speaks with the Bargas Trots, who is more talkative nowadays. Nearby, Mallet and Whiskey Jack watch the second army, managing the quarrels. Mallet insists Whiskey Jack needs further healing for his leg, but the commander dodges, and offers Perrin to lead another marine company. Ganois chooses to stay with the bridge burners. Detaran comes and offers a report to Whiskey Jack, snubbing Perrin, and in response, the captain has the company hurry through preparations for no reason. Afterwards, though, the captain still feels his own pain. Whiskey Jack tells Mallet to hold off with the Danul healing as they prepare for a parlay. Kaladan Brood and his allies have arrived at Pale. Josh, we're back on Genabacus, and now we're with the boys. We're here. How you feeling? 
first picker blend, you know, uh, again, always, you know, quick bend. We, we get, we're, we're touching around. We're t- we, we get more bridge burners later on, but we're, we're getting in there. We're in the mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to say we're with the boys and girls because picker and blend are girls. They are ladies. Yeah. They are fierce women. They are fierce women. Just like Josh was like saying the boys last time we were talking about the, I don't, I was I'm, just trying I'm, to like, just a little, yeah, no, I, get I was just it, trying to like, like <laughs> I was just trying to like throw that stone to Josh and like, I'm just going to start, I'm, we'll just start referring to them as the crew, the crew. Fair. I, all right. Peter, I'm fine. all good. Peter, are you, do you mean to tell me that they're leaving? Do you mean to tell no. me that these girl that these women won't be here for very long? Are they going to die? So they're in those mountain pass pick <laughs> and, blend, and we, we have this whole thing and then they go crumple gob, blah, blah, blah. What, what do you think of this old man, you know? D- does he get what's coming to him? <laughs> okay, well, fuck this dude. Like, okay. Uh, I can't remember. Can you can you help remind me? Um, does the, the old man, does he know that he is working with the crippled god? I have to assume yes, he does, I right? Yes. Like, what did so, you Because yeah. he's like, haha, they had no idea. So. Those fools. Fuck that man. <laughs> like it's the crippled god like i i don't even know much about this world and like what they think about but like or like you know what their histories are but like it seems like he is known as the worst so correct yeah anyway so that was a choice on him fuck that dude there's other ways to make money um uh however and also he gets what he deserves working with the crippled like it's like working with the fucking genie like you never get what you want you're gonna get what you want in the shittiest possible way. That's a good Facts. call. It is genie-like. He, yeah, like, yeah, I'll remove your tumors, but the energy required to do so will fucking cripple you. I do think it's funny when he's like, you can crawl. It's about the journey, not the debt. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is, whatever. okay. Yeah, now, hold up. That is some fucking dick. funny shit. So, crippled it's, God, was, you got me yeah. there. He's got goofs. He's got goofs, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I hate the crippled God. He's so mean. How how did how did it feel then, Inge, when um we we catch up with Quick Ben, who I would say we really see the crippled god more from because he you know goes into the whole thing. We learn a lot about what's going on with the with Burn, you know, uh, you know how how did it feel to be back with everyone's favorite bridge burner wizard, Quick Ben. I love Quick Ben. He has some serious balls going into the crippled god's tent and being like. <laughs> Give me, give me back. Like he didn't know he was good. I know he didn't know he was he- heading there. But once he got there, he was like, "Well, mm-hmm. I'm here." He was unflappable. That's my pebble. He committed. Yeah, he did. And then he and the crippled god was like, "Yeah, I'll give you your pebble back. Just do something for me." And he was like, "No." And then did some <laughs> some magic at him, um, which I thought was kind of funny because like, who who do you think you are, Quick Ben? But um, it's it's then, audacious for sure. It is, and I mean, he got it so. Haha, <laughs> crippled god. But um, so the crippled god is chained to burn. Yeah, it's kind of the name of the earth goddess. The sleeping goddess. Yeah, she's yes. like the planet. So then, the hand comes up yep. when the crippled god starts pulling Quick Ben back, brings him down, and then they're inside of a body. Yeah, they're like of burn. They're like in the body of the goddess. It's like under. It's like That's, subterranean. You know. It's yes, but he sees ribs. Yeah. Which I think was like horrifying, but okay. Yes, so, it super was. So inside there, there's a giant that sounds like a child, and I, might I, be a child. This I character, that giant, totally my mood. Like, hello, like I love your diamond eyes, you know. Oh, I know, mm-hmm. entirely mm-hmm. encrusted in diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, she rich, rich, or he. <laughs> but so then that person is like, this the, this god is dying. Does that symbolize? the 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 earth yeah 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 like the planet's Ooh. suffering Ooh. 
<laughs> because the crippled god is attached yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a dick. Who attached him to it? I guess a question to know. Ah, <laughs> okay, so pretty much Quickman comes out and he's like, shit, what do I do? We only have tens of, ten, tens of years? Tens of years. So, you know, it could be 10, could be 20. Which, like, listen, I don't, I don't know. I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a joke about, but, like, we actually got a tens of years earth crisis going on. So, like, maybe, maybe Mm, no jokes. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Relatable. Yeah. So. That's, unfortunately, that's not the type of relatable content I'm trying to get into, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I thought it was really interesting to see. Um, But I, but now it just makes me question, like. The crippled god is so strong, yet he couldn't like kill. Like, why? Why did he not kill Quickman? I don't know. It just. What and what is his point? Like, what is he trying to get at? He seems like a guy that likes likes a. He's like a, a cat and mouse kind of guy. This crippled god, like he wants to play around before he fucks you up. Um, I don't know. Josh, how, how, what, do you have a more specific read on maybe what the what the crippled god's doing? You know, he gets these new things, and and now Quickman confronts him. You know. Oh, I have absolutely no idea. Oh, thank God. It's not just me. No, the the best I got is I feel like we read that when he fell to earth, his body was like kind of in parts. Is that correct? Because that's we learn next chapter that the, the great crows come from his body mm-hmm. parts, right? Is he maybe missing parts of his body and he's trying to like get them all back? That's like the closest I could come up with anything. And that's pure conjecture. Like, I really don't know. Also... Is yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you can tell me this. Is the crippled god's arrival inherently tied to Burns' current condition? Because the the we we currently call time as number Burns' sleep, which I just this part of the book discovered that that's the name of the Earth and that she is asleep. So I guess that means that she used to be active and now isn't. And is she? Did that happen? Is that also it, like when we count back to when she fell asleep? Is that the exact same time the crippled god came, or do we not know that yet? Um, well, we actually—it's not the same time because the crippled god falls like a hundred thousand years ish before Burn Sleep. Um, okay, uh, you can check that in the prologue. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're not coincided. Okay. Yeah. So the crippled god is chained to this place. Can he? He can't. Is he trying to get unchained? Like, why is he there? Is he These chained are my there? Questions. Is he chained there? Can he move? He's like super broken. Like they said really nasty things about his hands. Yeah, they're not good. He's not good looking. He's in, I, he's I, in I, poor I don't shape. I some some people I think are. Uh, I don't think he's a hottie. Is my my read on it? Yeah, I agree. So Josh, we catch up with uh, Perrin, and he he's struggling a bit. And we kind of see him still try and find his footing a bit as captain of the bridge burners. Yeah, I was actually really caught off guard by his current state. Like, so can you remind me? End of we definitely have a lot of Gan OS as point of view character in the first book. I don't remember how much we have of him at the end. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't get to hear his thoughts. I don't think much at the end of book one, or do we? No, you do definitely. I, I mean, you check in, and okay. then he he's in. Didn't Lorne die? Lorne, yeah, Lorne dies, and that that upsets yeah. him. And then and he, then he sees little Tattersail. Yeah, he has a vision. He of sees Tattersail. little Tattersail. Yeah. He throws his sword into the ocean. No, no, um, he doesn't. No, what you're is he th- doing you're it? thinking of uh, Crocus. That's right. Crocus throws no. Crocus throws Crocus throws the coin into the ocean. 
I thought Ganos specifically got rid of his sword because he had that whole talk with Andamander Rake. He gets about... he disposes of his sword. Oh, but, how does he do it? Um, he he takes Lorne's sword, his Opan sword. Yeah, it, what does he do with it? I'm remembering. That's why I'm taking such long pauses. <laughs> he disposes it magically because, like, he needs to get rid of the God Sword in a special way. He gave his sword to Cotillion. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And he took, oh, he did take Adjunct Lord's Ototero sword. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I went I to the wiki, but I was very careful about where I read. Yeah, I would be careful on that website. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. I don't know. I just, I, it, it seems weird that he's, like, doing so bad now. Like, it, it felt kind of out of the blue for me. I mean, I guess because it's going to be a whole book, but, like, that, That's interesting. I don't know. It's, to, to me, I think it's, not to cut you off, but I think it's really... It's a great choice, I think, to have him still be finding his footing, right? Because there's a version of this where we would just be like, and the whole thing in Darude stand, everyone loves him now. And he's no, 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 no. I'm fine with that. I'm talking about the whole, his illness. like, his illness. That feels really weird to me. Oh, him, like, like not knowing how to lead the bridge burners is totally there. I get that. I love that. But, yeah. like, what the fuck is making him sick? What are these magics that fucking Mallet feels within him that are, like, awful? Like, I mean, I know we'll find out in, like, chapter four or five when Quick Ben catches up with them. It's just kind of like a bummer. I was like really excited for Gan OS and I feel like, I don't know, I did not love this part because I was like, I get it. He feels fucking shitty. Like, but I would like to know more than that. And I really, really didn't get that. And he believes it's from touching those dog, the dog blood, and then he gets transported into that place. Yeah, right? that's yeah. what he thinks it's about, which that confuses me because like, why did it take this amount of time to manifest, you know? Well, I mean, how long has it been or in the time been of the book, do you mean? Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out more and I'll realize it's beautiful and Erickson's a god. Something like we'll that. Wait, yes. We'll see. We'll see when it happens. <laughs> India, how'd you feel catching up with Perrin? Um, I never had strong emotional ties to Perrin, but seeing him now, it's kind of, um, I guess, interesting. And I'm curious about what's going on with that in that little belly of his. That little belly. Um, yeah, he's having some nightmares. He's he's not doing too hot. I feel like. Well, we also uh, catch up with finds... Whiskey Jack. Oh, meh. Yeah, we do. I they they seem very. Oh wait, no, that's Stu Jack, who I think is just like Whiskey Jack. Hmm. Whiskey Jack is going to go parlay, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. I mean, I mean, this is pretty much, I think, it. Like, I, I don't have much thoughts. I feel like I have more thoughts about uh, Whiskey Jack it, you, uh, in relation yeah. to the parlay. Yeah, let's, let's talk yeah. about the parlay. I think that's kind of, I don't know, the biggest let's, scene let's, out of these chapters, right? Let's get into it. But Mallet, just for, sorry, um, sorry, sure, sorry. Sure. Please. Mallet. So Mallet's like low-key trying to say that he thinks that Perrin needs to step down as... Um, the yeah. leader or whatever he is. Well, captain. all the bridge burners are throwing light shade at Perrin, you know. Yeah, I feel bad, and I wonder if that what if, if that will manifest into anything like more tangible. Yeah. Like get no, I'm gonna do it, and Perrin's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna go lay down. I have a belly ache. Could someone rub my <laughs> <Okay>. tummy? <laughs> but Alrighty. On to chapter three, baby. Chapter three. Among the Rivi, the Maiba was chosen as a vessel for this new child of two souls. The sorceries worked through her, and she gave birth to Silver Fox. She is young, but the sorceries have taken a toll and sapped her strength. The Tist Andy Corlat joins her to speak of Silver Fox. Caladan Brood is neutral, but Calor thinks the child is to be feared. Silver Fox is a fusion of the two Malazan souls. 
Tattersail, and Nightchill. Both put together by Pran Chol, and the child is both soul taken and a bone caster in flesh. The child Silver Fox joins them, ten years old already. Silver Fox speaks of the Revy and memories of hatred that run through different peoples. The women join the parlay. Dujek and Whiskey Jack represent the Malazans, along with the standard bearer, Artanthos, and the Moranth Twist. Kaladan Brood joins with Kalor at his side. Kaladin and Dujek speak of the Crimson Guard, the Mott Irregulars, and supplies from Stand. They enter a command tent, and Whiskey Jack cackles at the large, ill-shaped table that Kaladin Brood has, taken long ago from the bridge burners. The commander examines a map of the Paninian Domin. The Paninian have conquered three cities, and Kapustan is next. They speak of Prince Jalarkin and the council, and the gray swords which have been brought to the city to defend it. The Paninian forces are led by Septar Kolpath, and under their command are the peasant cannibal forces of the Teniscalry. They discuss different tactics to bolster Capustan, a goal they've agreed upon. They must travel by foot and conclude that Moonspawn and the Tist Andy are going ahead of them. Silverfox speaks and warns them that this is not enough. Kalor speaks out against the child, saying that she is only six months old and has already aged so fast by stealing life from the Mibi. Kalor grabs the child, but releases after Kaladan Brute warns him. Whiskey Jack slaps the High King, knocking him to the ground. Kalor almost strikes back, but is stopped once more by Brood. Silverfox speaks then of her birth, and how she has come to be and that the Talani Mass will gather once more, and her birth has proclaimed this gathering. She will command them, she says. Whiskey Jack, in his own head, wishes to be elsewhere. He recalls the Siege of Pale, the High Mage Tashran, and only he and Dujek know of the falseness of the army's outlawing. Korlat asks to speak alone, and Whiskey Jack gladly agrees. In the tent, the great raven crone thinks of her people's origins, feasting from the crippled god's flesh. She recalls how Kelenved used the first throne to command Talani Mass when the Malazan Empire was expanding. She worries what the return of the Talani Mass would mean. Crone also knows there is a secret within the Paninian Daman, and thinks Silver Fox will lead them there. Back with the others, Dujek wonders where the other Talani Mass clans are. The Logros remain with the First Throne, while the rest continue to hunt Jaga. Silverfox speaks of the Imperial Warren, which is where Kroll had swept the ruins of Kalor's empire into. Kalor hates this and Nightchill's rebirth in this body. Silverfox believed presently the Talani Mass to be scattered amongst remote places and is uncertain how many, or what, this gathering would be like. Maiba and Silverfox leave with Korlat and Whiskeyjack. Whiskeyjack asks Silverfox if she has any memories of the Bridgeburners, Tashrin, and Perrin. Silverfox does, and asks Whiskeyjack to let the captain know that she is here. Finally, Whiskeyjack and Korlat speak alone. They attempt to flirt, but more they speak of the strange histories of the crippled god, the great ravens, and wonder what might have happened to the mage Bellardin.
I'm getting on the record. I'm going to say it wrong a ton of times. I think I said it wrong in that summary different ways. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough name. It's a good name to read. It has a good look, you know, but my bad. So, Inge, we meet Silver Fox, but we're, we're coming at it from the point of view of Maiba, and um, it's an interesting pair, you know? How do you feel about meeting this, this, this mother? Oh my gosh, I have so many feelings. I feel like Steve wrote this chapter for me because it's just so, I don't know, it's just so interesting, and I actually really, really like it. Um, what, what, so, tell me more, like, why? Okay, so I feel like the Maiba, she like put off having suitors like just wanted to kind of do her own thing and around the age of 20 was like punished <laughs> with not really punished i mean i'm sure it's a great honor but or maybe it's not because she literally looks like an old woman and is 20 years old i, w- I would call it it's 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 a little punishing yeah right yeah definitely okay good um i, I was thinking that as well to look after this baby that literally sucks the life out of you because you refused to have a baby in general horrifying 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 and she is such a strong woman because she loves her little silver fox baby and is not like yeah she's definitely probably a little little upset about it but you know she doesn't take that out on little silver fox she just lets her 10 year old six month old live her best life and accepts that she doesn't know everything about her and i really like that um i love silver fox she is i feel like she's like super obviously wise with the knowledge of tattersail and night chill but still has the mentality of a child in some ways where she like can't i guess filter what she should and should not say which i think is interesting like a very 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 interesting take on this character because i don't know how you make a six month old ten year old with the knowledge of two whatever they are people so i thought that was really really interesting i think they even speak about it later during the parlay when she's i don't know she says something and someone's observing that she kind of has a lack of a filter she's speaking her mind very presently yeah she has like very childlike qualities in that way but then we'll spit some truth at you like oh yeah i'm going to run the talani mass so this is just what it is yeah um i I fully agree with you Angie. i think her being an unexpected mother and still embracing the role is like a source of strength And she's not even just a mother she's like a mother like yes your kids you know suck the life out of you but this kid literally sucks the life out of you so it's an interesting play on motherhood as well <laughs> no yeah it's definitely there right um, um josh how'd you feel about meeting the my my b oh my fucking i can't Maiba, say it the Maiba. Maiba. i don't know i i actually i think the thing i enjoyed most about the Maiba is that you it was it was very powerful using her as the point of view character rather than silver fox do you know what i mean absolutely like like we are we are purposely not being allowed into the into silver fox's head just yet you know it's like we have to view what she's doing from an outside perspective and in some ways from the least experienced outside expect you know outside perspective like and also how incredible is it that she is like she goes from like literally basically no one to being in the tent with all of the powerful players on Genabacus in one room and she's just there and her kids just saying crazy shit and she's like i don't look i don't know i I just like six months ago i was in normal i don't know what to do about this (laughs) it's very good yeah i feel so bad though for her when calor 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 
Oh, is fuck he her. The same, fuck him. Is he yes. the same Calor from the beginning? Yo, yes, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to introduce a new section on the show. You know, Pete likes to let Pete's likes. We're trying to be compassionate, you know, trying to sympathize with these characters, you know, like, hello, I understand your burdens, but like, fuck Calor. This dude sucks, you know? Yeah, he does. So and yes, idiot, it is the same guy from the beginning. First yeah. of all, okay, that being so, okay, I want to, I'm going to go into two different topics very quickly. So first of all, Whiskey Jacks ba- bitch slapped him, yeah. bitch slapped him. Yeah. This man mm-hmm. cursed not one, but three people. And it's just like, yeah, he bitch slapped me. And um, Caladan Brood was like, don't do anything. You deserved it. And he's just like, yeah, I deserved it. Like you cursed three people, but you deserved to be bitch slapped. I don't, I don't really get that because I would have. If I had the power that he uh, apparently has, I would have popped off. Just saying. You would you Which would I, be laying down more curses if you were Kalor. I feel as though I would have at least laid down one. I would have at least done that toe stubbing thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a little bit odd. Um, mm. Assuming because at the time I was like, maybe they just have the same name, but no, it was him. And then the fact that he thinks it's appropriate to grab a ten-year-old child in a room full of people. Mm. No, yeah, yeah, no. That's... Well, who do you? Th- are you? Are you crazy? And then I felt bad for the mom because she was like, "I really can't protect my daughter. I did nothing." No, I yeah. Sad. Well, I mean, I think it's scary if something like that happens, right? Yeah. So those are um, all of the thoughts I had in one small section. Josh, how did you? We talked about a little bit of the the my the my We talked about it from the mother's point of view, but um. Obviously, we kind of knew about Tattersail being reborn. It, you know, it's kind of teased and then really touched on a little later in the Gardens of the Moon. But this is our first time really meeting Silver Fox. And was she what you expected? So if you had told me that Steven Erickson had created the plot of Young Sheldon 25 years before it came out, I wouldn't have believed you. But that is what Silver Fox is. I haven't seen Young Sheldon, so I'm like well, pretty you, out so, of the loop. So have but, you seen the Big Bang Theory? Okay, I've seen that, but like, yeah. is Young Sheldon about the Rivy people and souls being for? No, it's to- about a young child who has too much knowledge for their own good as an eight-year-old. So, okay, okay. And that's essentially what Silver Fox has thrown down, in my opinion. She's the young Sheldon of the book, is what She's you're the young Sheldon of the book, who just also happens to probably have more power than anyone else in the book, for mm. all we know. Yes. Interesting. Um, I would say that if there's one thing I would like from Silver Fox, it is to learn when and when not to say crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Because in a room full of people, you don't say, I have command over the armies of the undead, of the living undead, and they are coming to me. Like, that's not, I don't know. I don't know, Silver Fox. Maybe we hold that one off. She's putting herself on the radar, that's for sure. Yes, truth. I do agree. I I don't know who said it. I think Whiskey Jack might have said, like, she she's knows more and she's not saying everything that she knows. So she has to, to some point, like know yeah. what she can and cannot say or what like what's too much which is That's... what i think is weird like is she just playing us with this child like oh i can't hold mm. my mouth or is she it's a good like, question is she really intentionally saying things on purpose at the right times to get a result hmm. since we're on silver fox and really in this area i'm gonna just do it and we're, we're back on gonna back us i think we should just drop into the bone zone you know in the bone zone. So, like, we were talking about the Talani mass meeting. We talked about, like, oh, where were they? Where have they been? You know, what's new in w- with our favorite bone people? 
So India, how much were you following the kind of discussions about where the wayward Talana mass have been? And like, do you think, you know, Silver Fox is trying to throw a party. She's trying to have all these Talana mass over and have a good time. How do you so think? I'm trying to understand that. Yes, because, okay, so the Jagats were like, fuck this. We're out of here. We're going into the ice. So they go to the ice and they make all these, they like make everything ice and then the Talani mass is kind of hard to survive right is this what we're talking about yeah yeah and so we're in there and then a lot of them died and some of them didn't and there might even still be some wars going on in these places yeah crazy far away i'm starting to believe that there's a lot more types of Talani mass maybe that we haven't met yet like different tribes yeah there's like that's the word that's the word yeah there's a ton of different peoples within the Talani mass so you have like your shadow ones right Hmm. dark is that, is that, am I getting that right? No, no I, I think no, you're, I think you're turned around. Else. Okay. So I guess then not knowing what types they, I think that she is trying to get everyone together. I'm not sure why. And I'm not sure if when they come together, something crazy will happen because they haven't been together in a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be a bad family reunion. You think, do they even vibe anymore? Like, yeah, the, you know, Josh, what do you think? Do you think these Talana masks are showing up? Are they RSVPing? I think they will show up. I do not think it will. I think the vibes will not be great. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be like, who even are you? And why are you telling us what to do? And why are we here right now? And why did we listen? She's yeah. both Soul Taken and Bonecaster, you know, though. Yeah, um, true. Wait. We're good. We're good. Here, here, here. I got it. You're getting crazy, Peter. I read mm-hmm. that, but like, I don't, I mean, I, so she can shape shift. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's it. So Josh, we get our up first first time meeting Caladan Brood in the flesh. What do you think mm-hmm. of the Rivy Warlord? So wait, he's Rivy? Oh no, oh, maybe he isn't. But no. he's. I, I think he's. I thought he was Tisty Andy. Oh no, he's not Tisty Andy. I'm I, I'm gonna go with and Rivy. Amanda I'm gonna double Rake. down. You? Th- I don't think well, he's Rivy. Rick is in here at the parlay. Caladan Brood. <laughs> okay. Josh, don't just, Google it. He was he, said to be Googling. human with bargast blood, and that is said. He is said to be part bargast. Okay, that's it. He's human, part bargast. Um, first off, very hyped that he just carries a big hammer. I love big, strong hammer, hammer, guy. hammer guys. That's always very fun for me. Um, I love strong men. Yeah, don't we all? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I he's he's chill uh, first off it, let me say the beginning of this parlay where like him and whiskey jack are joking about that fucking table is like i very good for me very into that um and i have a question actually that i i didn't understand how sure. long were the bridge burners here on Genabacus kind of like skirmishing with cal and brood back and forth i mean there's been a whole campaign i don't i i definitely don't know the year right now but okay I mean, De- definitely when we pick up with it on gardens of the moon they've definitely been there for i don't know several years several years for sure okay i, I hadn't really gotten that okay that's interesting um i really like his his kind of how he talks to everybody he's i don't know he's interesting like uh he's obviously like a big physical presence but just in general his presence i feel like is maybe the largest in the room of anyone there he now he is he ascendant or is he just clo- uh, he is ascendant right yeah he's ascendant yeah right. and brood yeah yes. yes yes he is yes so i don't know i i don't really know much about him yet i, I i'm excited to see him um i think what's really going to be telling for me is how he interacts with his own people he's being really respectful here with all the people that are like you know the 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 malas malazan forces i'm very curious how he is as a leader so i'm excited well, to see that well how do you feel about him being an ally of calor oh um i feel like sometimes you take what you can get 
And his, I mean, he's had a clear goal and he's been trying his best to to liberate Ganabakis from the Milazans for this time. And sometimes you need the allies. Um, yeah. And I like, um, but however, it is clear he doesn't like Kalor. So that's good. Yeah, it doesn't seem like many, many Kalor fans about. Yeah. Um, India, how do you feel? We were setting out the goal for this new, they're, they're, the Kapustan is in the sights of the Peninia Daman in the south. And we set the goal to try and get down there and try and defend this city before the Panian Daman can get there. And we it's the first time we learn a little more about this kind of dangerous force in the south. So how do you feel about this growing conflict? And we're headed to Kapustan. What's your read on it? Um, okay, so I guess my first read is like, I get this is a threat. Is it, how do they know that it's coming to them? And if if they don't know, why are they sticking their hands in somebody else's issue? Well, it's conquered three other cities. They're expanding all throughout the south of Gunnabacus. Oh, okay, fine. Then, yeah, I guess they. It, it's a great idea. But, you know, these people eat each other. So, I mean, eat their people that they, you know, kill. So that's a little horrifying. And I think that it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to make for some really, what's the word I'm looking for? I think that I'm going to I'm going to read a lot of things that are very disturbing that I don't want to read and I feel like we're going to lose a lot of characters. I think that it's a very they're 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 kind of crazy. They're like going through four different cities to get to this one. I it seems like they have they have really high expectations. Granted, Cal Danbrew does seem like a bit of a beast, but it, they're just they're they're really setting themselves up for some shit, I think. They're trying to rise to the occasion, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't and then there's like a seer involved who can potentially see them coming. The, the Paninian seer is like the top of the, he, he is the highest point of the, 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 the force, the Paninian Daman. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. They kind of are trying to make it seem like, I feel like there is like a grave tone to how they're speaking, but they're also just kind of like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like we're going to kill them and that's just going to be it. So they are, yeah. they are vibing. They're very friendly for the most part, besides Kalor. Josh, how, how do you feel about this Penanian dominant? Are you getting a better picture of this force? No. I mean, they just seems like a bunch of zealots. Yeah. About so, right, eh? I mean, the, the shit they say about like the, 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 the peasant army that they don't feed or give supplies to is just fucking brutal, though. Like, that's metal as shit. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. We're metal. gonna whip. We're gonna whip these fucking peasants up into a frenzy, and then they're going to literally eat you because they haven't eaten. Yeah. You seem pretty That's excited so about it, to be honest. You know, you're a bit jived, which I don't know. I would not say I'm jived. I am uh, intrigued by a very interesting method of leading others. I'm I'm horrified. I think there's going to be some very interesting um, writing coming up about that, and I'm not looking forward to it. Or maybe yeah, you know, I'm not excited typical... to read about them eating people. I, I, I have a very think, strong feeling that this book is going to be all about the preparation and none of the fucking punch, and we're not going to read about it for another three books, is all I have to say. Oh, no. That would be something. I think the Penny and Dumbin, like, like Penny and Seer, needs to, like, take a leadership seminar, because, like, that's not how you should treat your employees, you know? Yeah. You don't get, you don't get to eat. You just get to eat the freaking bodies of your victims. It's horrifying. Yeah. They're a, it's, it's they're a horrifying true, yeah. crew, for sure. Um, you after are just the, rumors, after all. Yeah, I can't trust everything here. After after the parlay, we hear back from Crone, the great raven, who we haven't heard from in a little while. Um, 
Josh, how do you feel returning to the Great Raven and kind of learning, you know, think we hear her thoughts a little bit. And then even later, we hear Corlat speak about their origins. I it's a little upsetting. Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase. Um, When we first met Crone, I really didn't think that they would be a big player. And it is interesting that this like talking bird is going to end up being like a huge really big part of the story on this continent and like a huge player yeah i didn't expect that she's also less crazy sounding than yeah. the first book i mean she still sounds bad she didn't say because she's a bird and their minds move too fast i guess but like i don't know i i'm, I'm interested to and the fact that they have that weird the, their weird birth is just classic malazan stuff classic that's, erickson that's true to me there's an element of like especially when she was around brook of like she's almost doing it as like a put on to like punk these mortal people do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um india then we catch up with uh, uh Mybe and silver fox leaving the tent and silver fox is like oh i do remember perrin i'm like trying to meet up you know uh, i know like you're 10 settle down <laughs> what do you think you know let's just get a prediction in there what do you think silver fox perrin meet up what do you what's what's the, what's that like you know okay so i think didn't perrin get like caught up in the rivy people and like there was those little boy and he killed that boy accidentally like he killed the young boy that was what? him right i don't remember him killing a young boy i know he no. was he like knocked him out maybe he so saw a like a boy approach yes him. yes he i think he did knock out a young boy he there was a traveling herd of burp but but baradin i don't know how to say it and then the rivy were amongst them right yeah. and i thought that he saw the little girl no no he, he saw he, did. Yeah, he, he definitely saw, saw her yes. in a vision okay fine fine so i think that Perrin, he's going through his own little issues right now i wonder how if how quickly they're going to be able to get back to him and be like hey found your girl she's not really a girl anymore and she is really just a girl but i think with the rate that she's growing, by the time he finds her, she's going to be a grown-ass woman, and they are going to... Oh. Not that. Okay. I, just think, that, I think that they're going to be able to have, like, a like a, a really nice reunion, like, talk like, about things. Like a whole conversation. Yeah, like an informed conversation. But I think at this point, like, she's, she's different now, so, you know, it's not mm. going to be the same. But I think mm. maybe they'll, like, you know, work really well together, as they did once before. Maybe this time he'll die. Mm. Mm. He, he's done it once before. Yes, True. exactly. Although I guess Maury was just stat anyway. Um, uh, so Josh, speaking of people meeting, Coralad and Whiskey Jack finally get their chance. They're they have their moment. Shoot you their say shot. finally. I don't like. I mean, I guess they make eyes at each other. That's they're like making the eyes meet. all. They're making eyes all meet, and they're like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey." I also I didn't catch the flirting as I didn't much. Either. I guess I don't. I, yeah, I didn't see you, this flirting. Yeah, when you read that, I was like, "Flirting? They did?" Question yeah. mark. I thought they're they were definitely- more trying. There's a bunch of obtuse mentions to it. They're like, like I don't know. They, they they talk about it. You can read through it. Hmm. I guess we just really don't read through the lines. We can't yeah. read between the lines, Josh. Uh-huh. That's not, we're, all that's about, not what I was... we're all about business is, is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was saying. I'm but... reading it right now. I mean, they talk about great ravens eating flesh, and then I don't really see much about them. That's oh, like cl- here it is. She like... blushes and says, Baka. Ah, classic flirting. That's classic flirting. You know, it's like, and then the ravens descended to eat the mangled flesh. Um, It was interesting that, uh, I mean, Crone is revealed to be very, very smart and also the opposite of smart several times. And so this is one of those things where it's like, I must not let the Tisty Andy know about our origins. And they're like, nah, we've known for like ever. It's whatever. Yeah, that was so weird when she was just like, yeah, it's so funny that like she doesn't think that we all know that she comes from maggots. Yeah. Yeah. From the crippled guy. Shit's shit's wild. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking. At I am. And I'm very curious about Bellardan. 
because it was a big reveal. We didn't talk about much, but it's a big reveal in this chapter that Silver Fox is not just Tattersail, but also Night Chill, who we literally don't meet. Just she we, just is. We don't like, meet. She's like dead. we start right. the siege of pale, and like someone rushing, like Night Chill just died. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> interesting that she's in there. I am curious about Bellardan, but not that curious because he kind of sucked. Yeah. Well, he's missing. What kind of people are Night Chill and Bellardan? What do you mean? Like. Are they like like their zodiac signs? Close. Uh, are they are they just like mortal people? Are they? They're they're mages. They're they were high mages for the empire. Uh, Bellardin was a Toblakai, and Nightchill. I think Josh, don't Google anything. Jo- I'm uh, not. Um, yeah, Nightchill. I think is a human. Yeah. Okay, I'm just wondering because I'm trying to figure out if I already know who Bellardin is and where he is, and I just don't know it yet. Mm. No. Okay, just wondering if like he was like maybe a wolf. I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> he was maybe a wolf. Every character we meet in this book, <laughs> and he's going to be like, that was some wolf-like qualities, wouldn't mm, you say? He's, he's doing some wolf-like behavior. So. Mm. I want to shout out Silver Fox says a nice quote, you know, she says that uh, sometimes forgiveness must be denied. Yes, brutal. And I would also, ask what t- a name I, for I a child. T- what, what do you feel ahead. about that? How do you feel about sometimes, you know, forgiveness, you got to shut it down, you know? I think I that's true. I often deny forgiveness. Yeah. I, I have no time because, you know, then that begs the whole, like, do something wrong and ask for forgiveness later. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. You don't play the fool with Int or Silver Fox. Yeah. Uh, and I do just want to point out, why did he name this child Silver Fox? Because that's literally a phrase. That's what you call a hot old person, a Silver Fox. so fucking true. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I didn't think about that same thing until 30 seconds ago when we we just kept saying Silver Fox so much. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that. yeah, you got him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, well, it's obviously about time to start wrapping up, but um, so... You know, any other thoughts about coming back to Genabacus and returning to characters we already know, you know? I'm excited. I'm excited to see them uh, in in very new locations relatively soon where we go to... And I also do know, just from reading the Dramatis Personae, that we're about to meet, like, 40 new characters that we've never met before. But, like, that is, I'm excited. That is the case. You know, we'll see. Should be fun. Yeah. I'm excited for Talk the Younger to get back with his boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. I'm interested in seeing our boys, but I'm also, I'm like really interested in understanding more about this crippled God and how he's going to play into this whole shit. Yeah. It's interesting to see. Yeah. I loved starting this book again. Love this book. Having a great time. That's, I know mm-hmm. it's all, all, all smiles. Yeah. Best book so far easily. Oh yeah. <sighs> Best opening to a book so far. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, that probably about does it for us here. I was in such a rush to start the show with my really strong intro, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I even, uh, yeah, I gotta say that intro did not have the legs I thought it had, but, you know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I loved it. I already forget what it was, if I'm being honest. Well, that's all to say, we didn't mention that, of course, we had Steve on the show a second time, and we were so glad to have a, a chance to talk to him again. It was great to hear his thoughts and kind of have a conversation about Deadhouse Gates and have a... I don't know, able to pick his brain about some of those things. Yeah, we, lo- we, we love our boy Steve. And Steve loves us. Yes. Friend of the show, you know. Anywho, so of course, we're 10 Very Big Books on Twitter and Gmail. Um, let us know what you think of the show or uh, tell us how you think Calor cursed those people because I don't know. I actually would love a quick clarification on that. 
Anyway, yeah, oh, we'll see oh, you. No, 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 okay, no, 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 okay, no, 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 never mind. No, you two gotta make predictions, official predictions. Sorry, oh, official I, didn't predictions. Just make predictions. I was, no. I was trying to get like a vibe, your feelings more. You know, I'm trying like have oh, some I just cold gave, shots. That was my prediction. That's what I gave. I'm gonna make a prediction. I'm ready. Fuck. Okay, fine. Hit me. All right, it's a little vague, but as of right now, it really feels like we have several distinct parties that are on their way to meet. We have Quick Bend and. Uh, the other two, Picker and other person, Blend. Blend. Uh, so we, I, we have that crew. We have the large group that just did the parlay, and we got Talk the Younger. And there's probably some players still in Darujistan. And I imagine all of them are gonna want to meet up. And at least one of those parties is going to run into an impassable thing, and it will be a huge problem that they are not with the rest of the group for a very extended period of time. Probably Quick Ben. My my, right. my my gut says Quick Ben won't be able to reach the rest of them for some dumb reason. I got you. I finally got around to understanding your prediction. Yeah. Yes. Okay. My prediction is like super easy and um, super quick. I'm more interested, obviously, in Silver Fox. And I'm wondering if because she's a bone caster, she'll never die. And if not, if she doesn't need it, like huh, Maiba is going to run out soon. So is she going to need a new life force? And is she going to like be able to know that she's killing someone <laughs> to live that so my prediction is not really a prediction and it's more of a i think that she's going to need more people to survive and i'm really interested in seeing how that plays out with her yeah hmm. i i just feel like my predictions always fall short but damn Andy, but now you got me thinking what if she ages so fast that she dies quicker like what if she well, gets I'm to adulthood she can die right? At all. right but what if she gets to adulthood and they're like and now we can stop and she doesn't stop fuck that would suck or maybe she just like f- stops around like or you, 25. Like, oh no, you know. she's gonna stop when the fucking Ma- Maib dies. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. Exactly, but then she might need a new Maiba. Oh damn, but she doesn't want a new Maiba. She wants to stay like young, f- fit and flirty, like 26. Exactly, that's what I, well, we'll find out, you know. Maybe she'll do like the, the whole Talani Mass thing where they like don't ever die thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe when they all come together, they're just gonna do it again. Oh shit, the ritual of bone zone? That's the ritual thinking. of bone zone. The bone zone ritual. <laughs> the classic bone zone. <laughs> I think they go. just call I, They're getting together to bone. It's their boning is what we'll go with. Oh, okay. I love it. I love it. Alrighty. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Hello, everyone. Producer AJ here, recovering from a nasty cold. Like Peter said, we are so grateful to have had Steve on the show again last week, and we were so happy to hear from all of you on Twitter and in our email. It's a really great feeling to interact with this community, and we would love to be able to do that more, which is why we're officially working on setting up a 10 Very Big Books Discord server. Uh, We know there's already a Malazan Discord server, but the way that we see it is that our server will be specific to the show and what's being discussed on the show instead of the Malazan series as a whole. Uh, We'll have more info about this in the coming weeks, so make sure you're following us on Twitter at 10VeryBigBooks for any updates. And as always, thank you very much to Dan Geserich for making our spectacular logo. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Geserich for just so much hockey stuff. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthan from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on Bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes, and 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on March 6th with chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Memories of Ice. Talk to you then, and thank you so much for listening.
I'm really worried about how long our podcast is. Maybe I should just gesticulate on it for about three Let's minutes. Let's just talk about it for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I thought that, oh my god. Alright, no, but here we go. <laughs> gesticulate. <laughs> this podcast always just broadens my freaking vocabulary, guys, and I appreciate it. Yo, Anytime. I was just thinking that about these books. Like, I don't know if you guys have yet to try and bust out some of the Steve words. Nope. But like... The day, the first time you're like, oh, it's like a hoary winter out here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not going to get the response. It's not, not going to get the response you think it's going to get, you know. <laughs> All right, here we go. 